Welcome to Tea for Lunch, a weekly show powered by Arcade Studios. Each week, we'll serve you the top stories that we're following on social media, entertainment, celebrity, and tech in 15 minutes or less. You can catch the show live on Instagram or TikTok Thursdays at about 12 p.m. Mountain Time or on all podcast providers and YouTube on Fridays. We're your hosts this week, Taina and Mel. We're super excited to join you today. Yeah, I'm excited. How are you doing, Taina? I'm doing good. Weather's getting so nice. It's double digits, to feel like baby. Spring. So that puts me in a good mood. The sun's out, I'm out. Yep. <laughs> like, that's patio it. season is almost coming up. Yeah, that's it. We're feeling good because the weather's nice. So let's just, yeah, let's just get good, into looking it. good. Let's get into the news. <laughs> First up, have you started to notice more people having the blue verification check on Instagram? Yes, like pretty much everyone I know. Like I've been seeing it a lot too. And as a quick reminder, Meta has rolled out paid verification that allows verified accounts to access impersonation protection, greater support access, and regular verification features. So obviously having the blue check mark. Um, right now, Meta is testing the verification subscription in the U.S. after seeing good results from early testing. Um, they note that the U.S. testing will reflect some initial learning and feedback, like removing increased reach as a subscription feature. I'm surprised that was a feature to begin with, because to yeah. me, it's like... If you could give me increased reach, if oh I God. pay you, why didn't you give it to me before? Everyone's struggling with their reach. Because and so it capitalism. feels weird. Yeah. It feels weird to me. But anyways, they did say they're going to remove that. Yeah. Thank God. Because that's honestly, I would be upset too. Like, it's just like, it's just for a money grab pretty much. Yeah. It's estimated, allegedly, that Meta has sold 44 million check marks so far. That isn't verified, so don't come for us. But I'm sure they did sell a lot because I've been seeing it all over even my page. Yeah, I, I have two. And I did see on Twitter the 44 million checkmark rumor. Again, we don't have a source yet on that one. <laughs> but whether it's 44 million or something else, mm-hmm. we know that it's a lot. Yeah. Like I can imagine that a ton of people paid for this. Yeah. And I just find it really quite interesting. I'm not super on board with the paid verification thing. Really? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's just a cash grab. Yeah. Um, and I think for most people and some of the people that I've seen get the or pay for the verification check mark on Instagram, I feel like it's mainly a vanity metric, just yeah. something kind of like for show. But yeah. now that we know that you can pay for it, does it really do it what it's supposed to do? Yeah. I saw a tweet that said that because Meta has sold so much, it just shows the impact that Meta has versus Twitter because Twitter also came out with paid, paid verification and not that many people did it or not as many. So it just shows that like the blue check mark on Instagram, I think was more sought out after or like people I think wanted so. it a little bit more. But now that I know that you can pay for it, when I see one, I'm not as like, oh, like I'm not as impressed. <laughs> like well, especially not. when you know that it's been paid for. And yeah. it's going to be a bit hard to like know who paid for it and who didn't. Because yeah. there are a lot of people that got verified before this. And I True. know that those people are a little bit salty, um, you know, but yeah. and it makes sense. But I do think that there is a really good case study or like a use case for this Mm -hmm. is that for creators who are consistently impersonated, this is going to be really good because one of the perks of verification is that you are verified as you. And we all know that there's a huge problem with people making fake accounts, pretending to be other people on Instagram, right? Like we see this like every day people will post like this account isn't me, please report it. This happens all the time with financial creators because that is like a goal mine for scammers to go in and try and like scam the followers because if they post about finances, then people will pretend to be them, target their followers and ask them like, 
I can invest your money for you. And like, it's just a really, it's a bad situation. So if you're one of those creators, it would make sense for you to be to pay to be verified to protect yourself. It sucks that you have to pay for that. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, sh- like I feel like Meta should focus more on making sure those impersonation accounts are getting taken down as soon as possible rather than making the person who's being impersonated pay for it. <laughs> I know, much. I know. It's like you're like, being penalized. Like, oh, I'm so exactly. popular. That, like, let me now pay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's also good for businesses too, though. I think that a lot, of, if they are doing giveaways and really good giveaways, there's always impersonation accounts that yep. are always like, oh, you won the giveaway. Give this, give us your information. Um, and so it'd be really good if you're a business to pay for that just so that people know that you're the official page. So yep. I can see it being really good for even some of our clients. Definitely. I think for brands, for sure. And I think like... Like for some creators, it's useful, but maybe not all of them. Another yeah. thing that I've seen is a lot of people are paying for the verification service because one of the benefits is that you get access to Meta Support, mm. which Meta mm. Support, they're hard to track down. They're, they're notoriously <laughs> really hard to get a hold of. So I've seen social media managers or other people who frequently need support and yeah. never get it from Meta have paid for this service in order to reach them. Oh, I want to know some reports for them from yeah. them of what the support actually looks like and yeah. if it was worth it and if it actually works cuz if so I might be interested. Yeah, do you think you'll purchase it for your personal account? Not right now. Mm. Um I don't I don't really think so, but if people come out and say that like, oh, I'm able to contact Meta really easily now, it could be helpful in my job. So, yes. we'll see. Yeah, it could be helpful for some of our clients, but I don't think I would do it personally cuz yeah. I don't think I've had to contact Meta really for anything. Yeah. <laughs> like lucky. Yeah. Um, okay, so our next story is YouTube has officially surpassed all other television streamers for video viewing in the U.S. This is wild. So Nielsen just released the latest version of The Gauge, a monthly video viewing time spent report of what Americans watch on their televisions across broadcast, cable, and streaming delivery. So YouTube now captures 7.9% of all video viewing on U.S. televisions, which is more than any other streamer. So that means more than Netflix, which is kind of surprising to me. Because 7.9 is not a huge percentage. <laughs> so it's no. like that's already kind of small, but it is surprising that YouTube surpassed Netflix for that. Or any other yeah, any streaming, other streaming service. service. But I did say, like, I, when I saw that, I just immediately thought that people, especially me, use YouTube a lot as, like, back background noise. So when you're watching um, like study music or just listening to music and it's just playing all the songs in the playlist or even parents using it to put Miss, Miss Rachel on while they're doing other chores. Like, yeah, Miss Rachel accounts for probably 1% yeah, of all of that. Literally, like I feel like a lot of people use YouTube and watching vlogs and it's also like longer form too. Like when I'm watching Netflix, I'll like, yeah, I'll binge watch a show. But I'll only do that on the weekends, really, or like in the evening. Like it's, yeah. YouTube is on all the time. A lot of YouTube watchers are like daily YouTube watchers, yes. and I say that as a YouTube watcher and someone who has watched YouTube for like over ten years. It's mm-hmm. like I watch YouTube every single day, probably yeah. for multiple hours, and I think that's like a habit of most YouTube viewers. Yeah, and then there's like the casual viewers, but like I feel like there's a strong core of people that are putting in a lot of hours. <laughs> yes. We're accounting for majority of this yeah. percentage. But I feel like it's just, it makes sense because YouTube has a bunch of different kinds of content on there. So you could be listening to music, you could be watching videos, but with Netflix, it is just shows and movies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so this signals a growing viewer preference for creator-driven content, which we love to see. Mm-hmm. I think even on YouTube, like the production value has gotten a lot higher. Obviously, there's still a lot of like amateur stuff, but mm-hmm. even like my boyfriend, he watches 
like golf shows on YouTube that are like pretty highly produced. So it's mm-hmm. almost like there's nearly television quality yes. or movie quality on YouTube now. Yeah. And I feel like there are some some YouTube channels that have kind of like a they have mini series, they have shows before they get put on to like another streaming service like Netflix. Yeah. So like before they get discovered, they're on yeah. YouTube. Like Justin Bieber. Content. Yes, exactly. So it's like this is a way for people to leverage like YouTube to get to another streaming service. Yeah, so I love that. And another thing that was um, interesting from that study was that it was only last July that mm. streaming services surpassed cable, cable. Yeah. in the U.S., which was surprising to us as well. Yeah. Because we thought that happened a long time ago. Like, who's still watching cable TV? I don't think I've had cable for years. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's an interesting stat. Very interesting. Um, so last but not least, LSU versus Ottawa, Iowa, <laughs> Ottawa title matchup garners 9.9 million viewers for the most watched NCAAW game ever. Um, so there's a lot to this story, but first let's just celebrate that it being the most watched NCAAW game ever. Um, this game was more watched than any women's college basketball game ever, any major league soccer game ever, any Stanley Cup game since 1973, the 2023 Orange Bowl, and so many more events. That is we love that wild. For them. Like that is amazing. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. Give you all your flowers, roses, 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 <laughs> because that is absolutely amazing. I pre- did you watch it? No, I'm not really a sports girly, but I have some thoughts about this story. Yeah, I I was loving the fact that everyone was talking about this and opening a discussion about it um, because it also opened up a discussion online about player celebrations and how they're criticized in women's but not men's sports, Um, specifically Angel Reese doing the move um, compared to what some of the other players doing, whatever they want to do to celebrate a basket or celebrate whatever. Um, And there was a lot of discourse, especially on... Twitter and Instagram um, about people calling Angel Reese names for doing that, even though another player from the other team also did the same action. And um, men do it all the time. Yes, men do it all. Because so, even Steph Curry does a, a thing every single time he makes like a three. So it's just it's I don't like know part why. Of the game. It's part yeah. of the culture. I feel like like let them play. I don't know why everyone was upset about it. She's but just everyone excited. Has an opinion and something to say about everything. I mean, look at us right now. We're giving our <laughs> true. We're giving our commentary. Yeah, but we're it. not being mean. No, we're <laughs> like, not being mean. That's true. Okay. Does it make sense? So in the game, LSU beat Iowa. I keep saying Ottawa. (laughs) Not Ottawa. Iowa. Um, and Jill Biden actually wanted to invite Iowa to the White House, but historically this has never happened. Only the champions get invited to the White House. So then it's like, and, and Jill Biden said that the um, runner-ups played a good game, so she'd like to invite them to the White House as well. But while the discourse was happening with um, people criticizing Angel Reese and not the other player and also just women in general, Jill Biden saying this just adds fuel to the fire. Yeah, so people were like, really upset by that, right? Because yes. they're like, why? Like, it's yeah. never been done before. It's never been done before. And there's also more, like, underlying issues to it as well. Since LSU is primarily, race, yeah. yeah, a black team and I was primarily a, a white team, then it was just like, why out of, like, you've never done this before, you've never invited runner-ups before, this team, and if roles were reversed, if Iowa had won, would she still invite LSU to the White House? Well, that's the question, and we, the, we won't know. We won't know, but, but everyone is, is scratching their heads about it. <laughs> yes, but I will say that I do appreciate what Angel Reese has been doing for women's sports in general, yeah. because she's been creating a lot of buzz around this game. I even knew about the game ahead of time, and I don't normally watch um, March Madness, but I knew about it purely th- through TikTok, and I've been watching her games because I just like her personality. 
personality and I love her TikToks. Yeah, so. I even saw, like I said, I'm not I'm not into sports, but I saw some discourse happening online. So I definitely got interested about it. Mm-hmm. I saw it kind of going around on Instagram, but you said that you saw her content on TikTok. Yes, yeah. I love when, you know, like athletes or other people are showing us you know, like a peek into their life yes. via TikTok because that's just something that we haven't had previously. Yeah. And I think it's awesome. I hope that they are appreciative of what <laughs> she's doing. Mm-hmm. Run her her check, okay? Yeah. <laughs> she needs her money. Yeah. Because it's been, I feel like it has been a lot of attention to um, women's sports in general, but also to the college. The school is benefiting because I had really never heard of LSU before um, before Angel Reese. And even, I see a lot of other athletes doing this as well, not just with basketball, but um, we saw it with the Olympics, them coming out with um, their outfits for what they were wearing for the Olympics. I and, loved that. Yeah, me too. The Lululemon collaboration. I just think that we see it a lot more in sports these days of the athletes having social media presences and helping us connect with them a lot more. Um, and I, I love the way that sports are going into that. With yeah, and it's giving way to like a greater audience. For yeah. example, there's like a lot of things that you could be interested in that are kind of like sports adjacent, you know, yeah. for me, selfishly. But yeah, I think it's awesome. And um, yeah, it's interesting. We've been talking more about like sports within Tea for Lunch because yeah. there's a lot of like marketing implications and I love it. It's like a new area for us to dive into. Yeah. And I like that it's not just it primarily it has been a male dominated like sport even just to watch but now I feel like they're bringing in different consumers and bringing in women and I love seeing them yeah flourish on social media yeah I love it okay well that's all we've got for you today so mm-hmm. now that we've wet your palate go eat something more substantial. Bye bye. <laughs>